This is Deceleration, deceleration.news. We're talking about Brackenridge Park this week uh, and the campaign, the city's efforts to remove over 105 trees and uh, displace a long-established rookery of migratory birds. We're talking with uh, prominent bird and tree defenders Alicia Garlick and Daniel Armstrong. Uh, These are excerpted from a live broadcast we did uh, last week. The the entire experience um, has been... uh, really, really pretty profound and inspiring, uh, I will say that, um, and I've been reflecting on it a lot, especially as that effort came under attack through the, 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 the founder uh, and, and, key, and main columnist of one of the local uh, media outlets uh, for the, the crime of uh, tying a ribbon around a tree that actually isn't one of the 105 plus 20 trees that uh, are slated to be uh, destroyed under the parks plan. Um, and it was a really uh, a bizarre and, and kind of irate uh, punching down uh, example where you know, and I and I and I went. I took this up the line, up the up the chain with them, and and sought uh, five. I found f- at least five factual errors. Uh, they assented to one of them, where uh, they used the word girth, and what they meant was diameter, or something really, really like the most petty thing that could we could win on. Uh, we won on, um, but the spirit of it was so uh, seemed so at odds with you know their own guiding principles under the society professional journalists of do no harm right rather than challenging those in power and and the and the fat cats and all that kind of stuff this is actually on behalf of uh coming after uh uh and invisibilizing in the worst uh uh sense uh those who have been doing this organizing work and it's to me inspiring as someone who retired after almost five years as a community organizer on uh, clique clean energy and climate justice, environmental justice. Uh, these are not folks that I was familiar with and, and many of them who hadn't organized before uh, in their lives. That is just something that very, very organically, they looked around and they realized, you know, like uh, that all of these trees that were going to be taken out and they and these birds that are on, under constant assault right now uh, needed defenders, right? And so they stepped into that and it's mostly women of color and, and largely an indigenous uh, identifying women of color um, of this land and surrounding lands. And so I just applaud them to, to no end that there was very little time to respond. And they did. And they organized a movement and they saved the trees, right? I mean, this is going to come back to us uh, next year. There's going to be some public hearings now. The whole thing got slow rolled in a big thanks to Council Member Jalen McKee Rodriguez uh, for really putting himself into that position uh, with the city manager's office uh, to, to, to slow track, to slow walk this um, so that was a huge win, and I hope all, all of those who you, of you who have been involved are celebrating that and celebrate that uh, with one another um, in, in solidarity for the, the, the long work ahead. So now that is turned to protecting the birds because that ongoing campaign to, uh, to drive out uh, a longstanding rookery of migratory birds um, continues, right? That, that's an area that we don't have leaders stepping in 
um, to defend. And, and so the, the, the people's movement continues and the people's work continues. Uh, and so I, um, anyway, I just really uh, have a lot of respect for those who have engaged in this. I had a conversation with Alicia Garlock, who I met several years ago, um, I think prior to the work that happened at Elmendorf for the, the work, the mass eviction and destruction of the, the habitat there uh, to drive out uh, the birds of Elmendorf Lake on the west side of San Antonio. Um, where uh, some of my my son's first experiences uh, in 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 a broader, more wild kind of na nature uh, took place, um, and it was so heartbreaking. It was um, very hard to go back right after the birds were gone, um, and so that work has shifted to Brackenridge, and Alicia has been there watching it all, documenting it all, um, uh, grown adept. Uh, with uh, uh, filing public uh, information requests, uh, um, legal requests for uh, communications and documentation and research um, of the city and of these other federal agencies uh, that have been state and agencies that have been involved both. Um, and so I just want to play this this interview that we had together and um, really uh, appreciative. I, 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 I saw her in the, the comments and the chat earlier. Um, so it's possible if folks have questions while we're going, uh, I'm, I'm watching, trying to watch uh, the threads. You can, you know, share this, uh, this broadcast on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on YouTube, I think on our LinkedIn too, uh, and share comments there, but I'm watching the Facebook, I think comments, and that seems to be where most of the audience is. So let me uh, turn this back over to others, uh, which is always a good practice and, uh, introduce Alicia Garlock, a, a excellent wildlife photographer and, uh, and growing, uh, wildlife uh, environmental advocate. If you just um, maybe introduce yourself to folks who don't know you, uh, aren't familiar with you and uh, your work as an advocate and as a photographer, how you got involved with in this issue. Hi, my name is Alicia Garlock. I'm a wildlife environmental advocate. I have observed and documenting the nesting of migratory water birds, uh, particularly at Brackenridge, but also throughout the city for the last five years and uh, I actually I fight to protect their them and their habitat as best I can and to educate people you know through telling of the story of the birds mm -hmm. where they come from um, their the hardships they face you know during migration uh, climate change will impact their future and um, the biggest threat they face which is the threat they're now facing is destruction of their habitats by humans and we've seen the destruction at Elmendorf, uh, Woodlawn Lake Park, uh, the casting pond, they scared them away from over there and Brackenridge is next. Mm -hmm. Now I know like, yeah, like so cattle egrets aren't uh, a particular species at threat, but all bird species definitely are. A massive uh, population declines over the last 50 years that have been charted and all these other species that nest with them, right? I mean, this is not, like the, the permit that the city has, maybe you can speak to this, the permit that the city has is allows for take of four different species, not just cattle egrets. And, and some of those are definitely uh, under stress as well, right? Right, well, the on that list was the uh, great egret, uh, which was once endangered, and mm -hmm. that's supposed to be Audubon's bird, you know, their symbol. Their emblem, yeah. uh, the snowy egret, which is a, listed as a species of greatest conservation need in the state's wildlife action plan. Uh, the cormorant and uh, what was the other one? It was a snowy great and cattle egret. Yeah, that's it. Four. 
Yeah. But we don't know that it has if it has been revised is mm -hmm. the thing. Okay. Uh, I had uh, requested a FOIA from the USDA and have mm -hmm. not received anything to date. Mm -hmm. uh, I requested one from the Fish and Wildlife Services, mm -hmm. and because I mentioned that I had requested from from the USDA, they declined mm -hmm. to give me some from the Fish and Wildlife Service. Mm -hmm. So there seems to be an effort to withhold information from the public. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. Party. Anything I anytime I ask something from the city of San Antonio, I'm in for a, a four month wait generally. So right, and I know you've experienced that locally and, and with the agencies yeah, it, as well. Mm -hmm. It took them over a month to respond, yeah. and, mm -hmm. you know, and that's like you have a state law or rule that mm -hmm. says ten days. So now, right? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Um, so it's interesting. So now, right now, I mean, a, a couple of weeks back, uh, the, the 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 city's proposal to move forward quickly and, and cut down these trees before these these birds migrated back to San Antonio. Uh, this rookery that's been in Brackenridge, the headwaters there for, I'm not sure how many years, over a decade, I'm sure. Um, and uh, and there's definitely the connection of wanting to make sure the trees come down, the birds come back, and, 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 and they're forced to locate elsewhere, right? Um, that project was put on pause and I want to give you credit and I want to give all the primarily women and women of color and indigenous identifying folks, tribal members and, 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 and others uh, who got that stopped. These are not traditional environmental groups. It's not the environmental community. It's people of San Antonio. From my perspective, that's what I've seen and, I, and they owe you a debt of gratitude. Um, you didn't get that, uh, certainly from Bob Rivard in, in his column, um, but congratulations. Um, the conversation is flipping uh, now to the birds. Um, what do you feel like people are missing in the conversation about, you know, the trees are, are, are protected for now, and that's going to be that vote will come back to, uh, or not a vote, but that decision will come back to the community in the spring of next year, as I understand it, um, spring or summer of next year. But the birds are flying back. What should we be watching for and expecting uh, as these birds return to Brackenridge? Well, we would like to have observers in the park documenting um, what happens, because as of now, even the great egrets that usually start arriving in February have been harassed with uh, the city parks banging two by fours and the USDA uh, just, uh, what do you call it, shooting off explosive, py mm -hmm. pyrotechnic explosives. They are shot out of a, what looks like a handgun. It's a, actually a blank pistol and uh, that those can actually kill blank blank pistols can kill people um but the explosive uh, cartridge is uh, listed as an exploding bomb mm -hmm. and so we want people to document what they see you know uh because that's a record and that shows that we can come back and say look at what happened and and then we can looking forward like stop we don't want this mm -hmm. in our park a city park is not meant to be a place for disturbance like this you know to hear somebody banging two by fours for an hour straight is very unsettling mm -hmm. it can raise your blood pressure it can give you a headache mm -hmm. um, it can affect people negatively and to allow that because you don't want some birds to nest is wrong mm -hmm. um, parks are funded by the people of san antonio and they have failed to include us in these decisions that not only affect our wildlife and the environment but the public as a whole mm -hmm. and and i know that in for your activism right um it looks like there's been a, a large increase in uh the police presence in the park uh, you've documented that and talked about that on social media. I believe that came about through requests from the Conservancy, and I, I saw some emails related to that. 
Um, what has been your experience uh, interacting uh, with the police there today? Uh, we actually haven't been there in a few days because we were out of town. But um, mm -hmm. the thing is, when you have five police cars like set there or sitting there, obviously meant to intimidate you, it is very. We feel threatened. Mm -hmm. We feel threatened for for practicing our First Amendment right to free speech. Mm -hmm. You know, we are there demonstrating to protect trees, birds, our sacred Yanawana Spirit River, you know, and mm -hmm. we are being threatened by mm -hmm. a police presence that are sent there, being sent, obviously sent there to, to do just that. Mm -hmm. And it's wrong. Again, it's uh, funded by who? We fund mm -hmm. our city. Now, there was to, a... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. To harass us, you know, because you don't like us fighting to protect which is ours you know our mm -hmm. right to a cultural religious sacred area uh, mm -hmm. you know and to enjoy nature and and birds that migrate from that hundreds or thousands of miles away that's our right and you're infringing on that right by by intimidating us with these police that are mm -hmm. there to to do just that no there was a there was a, a complaint filed right um i think there was and maybe you can speak to that and also um you know, who, who are these the different agencies that are involved? Maybe you can speak to Parks and Wildlife and, and USDA and explain who they are and what they do. Uh, but there was somebody said that they felt threatened because of the language one of the uh, folks there used with them or something like that. Is that right? There were some people that were there at one point where from out of town. There were a lot of, you know, it was on a weekend, I believe. And mm -hmm. the park workers were being ridiculous, like banging sick the boards for an hour or two straight. And we mm -hmm. understand that some of those out-of-towners may have yelled at them but mm -hmm. that wasn't our group mm -hmm. and uh, but to be like put as a, a part of something we weren't i think is wrong you're not disclosing all the facts but mm -hmm. i believe they're going to do whatever they have to do even if it's how do you say misrepresenting information mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. to get us to leave you know they're gonna mm -hmm. they're gonna tell their workers say this or say that but, you know as as we have seen mm -hmm. this whole process there's been a misrepresentation of facts information mm -hmm. that is being portrayed that is false mm -hmm. by our city parks and this this design group you know there's information that is being reported to the public that is not factual mm -hmm. and um we what stands out for, for you what do you track when you, you say people are not sharing factual information i mean i i have a i'll say for instance uh there was a, this this column i mentioned from the founder of the the san antonio report now the uh, bob rivard uh five clear clear factual errors that under their their own best journalistic practice and their own ethical guidelines they, they've adopted through the society of professional journalism they are should correct right they have not made a correct any corrections yeah, yet no, and haven't responded have to my email not, but yeah so obviously what, so. what are what are people saying so my question would be like what are people saying what are people with the city saying or or, or elsewhere that you feel like is uh uh causing misinformation or, or lack of understanding of what's really happening there that, that you're seeing with your with your own eyes uh well the one is that the how Parks and Recreation always portrays or tries to point, say that, say, like the birds close the playground. And he mm -hmm. put in the recent article that they, they the birds' feet droppings caused the restrooms to be closed. Mm -hmm. The restrooms were never closed. I was there daily during mm -hmm. nesting. The playground was closed at the start of the pandemic mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. And it remained mm -hmm. closed after 
We believe some of the birds did come to the back of the playground, uh, chased away from, we believe, Elmendorf and who knows where else in the city. But so we had birds arrive in the trees they never nested in before. So that's where you see, okay, something happened, some alteration or destruction to a habit elsewhere, we know which is Elmendorf, mm-hmm. <laughs> that pushed the birds. But to say that place blame on them for closing the playground. No, they didn't close the playground. It was closed at the start of the pandemic mm-hmm. and stayed closed uh, after that, you know, and um, I was there. I was there almost daily mm-hmm. reporting what the birds were doing and um, the things like um, they keep bringing up the Army Corps of Engineers mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they're working with the Army Corps of Engineers and it really bothers me and I let the Army Corps of Engineers know because they said they were contacted but they have not been consulted and because there would be no dis- this discharge to the river mm-hmm. so to me the fact that the city keeps throwing them in there mm-hmm. and they're not really involved is is, is misrepresentation you know mm-hmm. facts but if they are involved hey all the more better for us because yeah. they follow the the nepa process they mm-hmm. will follow what they're supposed to follow um mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it like likewise, it's interesting that that the I've heard uh, both public works and parks uh, managers in these public meetings trying to get the trees uh, per- permission to cut these trees out. They've talked about the Texas Historical uh, Commission as well. Is it the commission? Um, anyway, I, I contacted the the uh, Historical Commission and and was told that that they didn't actually even file attempt to file a permit. Uh, for this work until the day before that planning commission meeting in, in January, uh, and that was sent back as incomplete. I don't think they they and as of like a week or so ago, when I was talking with the state, that they they still didn't have a complete permit on file. So to say that they're being required to do certain things by the state, here's another ep- example that I wish other members of the media would be looking at, at these kinds of right. statements, right? Right now, I even yeah. had reached out also, and she said they had nothing. Everything was proposed. There was nothing like mm-hmm. sent in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the floodplain management office, which mm-hmm. uh, falls under the um, FEMA, mm-hmm. because we get federal funds for floodplain mm-hmm. uh, management, uh, she said they had didn't even have a permit before then. Mm-hmm. So how can you? take out trees in the floodplain if you haven't even submitted a permit Mm -hmm. a lot of misinformation i think a lot of um probably willful i want to just say i feel like it it's there be information is being withheld from the public and and for a purpose you Mm -hmm. know this whole Mm -hmm. thing was like they tried to push it through without the public knowledge Mm -hmm. public involvement Mm -hmm. at a rapid pace Mm -hmm. and luckily we just caught on to it and uh, we're just trying to share the what's going on you know the facts of what mm-hmm. we've collected via FOIA documents mm-hmm. uh, contact with the Texas Historic Commission mm-hmm. uh, other entities mm-hmm. to uh, make sure that the public has all the facts mm-hmm. uh, yeah I haven't I haven't uh, confirmed this myself but I've had people sending me documents and asking questions and things and uh, and, and one one person said that they were they, they've been looking at a lot of archives and, and and I don't know if their backgrounds in academia or whatever they're accessing some interesting archives on the history of the park and, and, and construction and development and they said that the wall around these trees that 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 they want to take the trees out to protect they believe or saw documents suggesting that that wall was made to actually protect the trees um, and not the other way around um, yeah. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, so, in the, it's in the National Register of Historic Places. I think it's page 74. Mm -hmm. uh, and it talks about that the, in 19, between 35 and 38, they built the wall around the trees to protect the trees. Mm -hmm. That's and, huge and to me. And in this day and age, if you can build a pier in the ocean with the ocean mm -hmm. around it, mm -hmm. you can build a wall out to protect some trees. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that is not a major thoroughfare, you mm -hmm. know, waterway. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a way they can build the wall out, but mm -hmm. they don't want to. Yeah. And we know from the original um, findings that was in that HDRC packet, you know, re remove the trees to prevent rookeries from forming. That the mm -hmm. birds have a lot to do with their plan to yeah. demolition all those trees. Yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre. You would think like if you un if anybody understood that there's a plan to uh, dismantle, evict, destroy, you know push out this rookery and then you've got another plan that has the potential to remove the trees that are allowing the rookeries to stay there wouldn't be a temptation of somebody in planning or in one of these departments to kind of you know advance one to serve the other they're, they're they've got two major projects that that, that that they're that they're working on and, and there's a lot of uh, intersecting interests that would um definitely add weight to uh uh or or be a huge temptation to take out trees that don't need to go based upon the needs of the infrastructure of the park for sure. Um, yeah. I'm wondering like what, so we haven't talked about what have you been witnessing just in the last couple of weeks? Uh, you know, I talked to Daniel about his experiences with, with the zoo. Um, what have you seen happening on the park side? What have you documented elsewhere? And, and, and do you feel like that information is, is, is clear to, to folks? Well, we are obviously seeing the police presence, uh, but also we, uh, with the USDA shooting the explosives, uh, she started in the park mm -hmm. uh, on the 18th, and then she moved into the zoo. Well, guess what you can see from the park? Everything that happens in the zoo trees. Mm -hmm. So what we have observed and documented is the destruction of nests, uh, great egret nests in the zoo. Particularly, there were 10 that were laying on... Um, uh, what what they're considered uh, incubating eggs when they're laying on the nest. Mm -hmm. So there were 10 nests. There were uh, 44 total that were in progress. Uh, we went on the 22nd. We returned on the 25th. They had destroyed and removed the, we, the USDA. Mm -hmm. uh, 39 of those nests. Five of them obviously had birds on them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of adult birds are missing. So we suspect that they killed the adult birds. They have a permit, a depredation permit. But to me, that doesn't make it right. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to know that they destroyed living embryos and adult birds because they don't like their poop, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't make it right. And, the, and unfortunately, that's what's going to come into Brackenridge Park and every other city park unless the public gets involved and starts voicing their disgust their opposition to this effort by our parks and recreation mm -hmm. to have the usda's wildlife services go into every park to destroy nests of viable eggs kill birds if they have mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. but it's not just the egrets and herons on their list it's ducks geese vultures deer and all without public disclosure mm -hmm. because that's wrong i mean what's a park without birds what's a mm -hmm. park without animals anything wildlife mm -hmm. because if you chase one you chase them all mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything's going now um, to, to pull apart uh, a little bit what was seen and what was believed and i think I've, I've looked at you know videos that you've recorded daniel and others and and clearly 
there are branches of these trees that are gone where the nests used to be, right? So that's clear that we know that the right. nests were removed. Um, right. Very strong evidence, or I'll say. Um, and, and the fact that the birds were laying on, on, the, on their nests suggests very strongly that there were viable air, their eggs in those nests, right? Right. Um, and, and, and you have photographed also what I've seen are eggshells at the base uh, underneath these trees, bright blue eggshells that would suggest the herons, right? Right, right. Okay. And so the other thing is we did find part of a partial carcass that was under okay. a bush there in the zoo. Okay. Uh, but a lot of the other area where you would normally see like feathers or something was actually had fresh gravel or okay. granite, fresh oh. granite. So, oh, they, so they're new. covering. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're covering their evidence, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But as again, the zoo has a permit through the Fish and Wildlife Services to for depredation, meaning to kill mm -hmm. wildlife. Mm -hmm. But and, we don't know if they would properly disclose what they do because, right. from my understanding, is they have an incinerator. So yeah, right. I think that that is correct. And, and the, you know, you used to have the uh, Brackenridge Park. That's why people still take their cats and dogs to dump there because you used to have the ACS building with an incinerator there. I, I, I think that's correct. But some of this is older history. Um, yeah. And uh, so it would be it would be really helpful i would say if parks and um the, the zoo or, or those when when these events happen to speak you know with the public about you know what clearly you know i could i could see reasons for like not wanting a commingling of migratory birds with birds in enclosures and and or in, you know they may have threatened or endangered species they're worried about zoonotic diseases you know being carried from one i can see i it'd be a good conversation to have but at this point it's not i will say i've reached out to the zoo and gotten uh, canned press statements you know uh, uh you know um uh, but but not any uh, offering of a, of a of a conversation um so i don't know if you've reached out and tried to ask them you know why did you do this what what kind of response did you get uh actually there was a lady that had reached out on social media to them and mm -hmm. they told her that there had been no destroyed nests and no harm birds harmed mm -hmm. but again we know there are a lot of adult mm -hmm. birds that have disappeared unnaturally i'd say mm -hmm. it's unnaturally mm -hmm. because the birds, if you, if you uh, the videos that we took, you could mm -hmm. see them when they shoot the explosives, they go back into the trees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then after Friday, Sunday for sure, there's no birds flying in the sky. They don't just disappear, it's unnatural. Especially if they were nesting or building nests, they go back. Mm -hmm. And these birds just disappeared. Yeah. And unfortunately, the USDA, that is what they do. They kill wildlife mm -hmm. and we expect the same in the Brackenridge in Brackenridge Park when the others arrived. And um, to be clear, I mean, Pinnell, the assistant manager at uh, Parks and Recreation for the city of San Antonio, has said they're not doing lethal take, but you've documented cases previously, not in, in this case, well, I don't even call it a separate case, but 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 this month or last month, but, but was it last summer or when was it? But you've documented what certainly, I would say, again, strong evidence of uh, behaviors most likely by the parks um, uh, employees that led to um, the destruction of nests and eggs. Is that right? Right. So in 20, I was actually in 2020, um, okay. there were night herons that were nesting in the playground and they were, the nests were 20, 30 feet up in the air. So your normal person could not reach it. But we mm -hmm. watched those, I documented them for I think one or two weeks. So they were incubating embryos. Mm -hmm. And then came back after, I think they were closed for uh, Easter or something. I forget. Oh, it was 
2020 was a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so uh, when we returned, they had destroyed the nest. But these nests were like, when a nest falls, it usually falls like to get, it's like a basket. It'll fall like, right. if it's naturally, it just falls in one piece and you'll and we, see just. Yeah, we should say you're a wildlife photographer. You've been uh, documenting right. the birds of San Antonio for many, many years. You see the cycles right. of, yeah. Okay, right. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you can tell when a nest falls, it falls like usually intact until other birds will come and start painting. But these were right. like torn, they're destroyed. They were all the hell and mm-hmm. there were broken eggs everywhere. And these nests were that were 20, 30 feet in the, up in the air. Somebody had to either use a lift or a pole. Mm-hmm. And you know that an ordinary citizen would not be in the park with a lift or a pole. Mm-hmm. So that leaves Parks and Recreation or the USDA or both together. Somebody involved in that circle knows something that had to do with that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we suspect. It mm-hmm. had to be somebody that had access to the height. Mm-hmm. So right. um, those poor birds, the nests were destroyed. Those viable mm-hmm. eggs were killed. Mm-hmm. And the sad part about they were yellow crown night herons is that they only live 6.3 years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Beautiful birds. How cruel or, in, in, how was it? No Inhumane. compassion. Yeah. Lack of research, understanding that mm-hmm. destroying nests of birds that only live 6.3 years is mm-hmm. it's going to impact them eventually. Mm-hmm. And and why would you kill something anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Pinnell says it's going to be lethal, non-lethal and humane. Well. They removed those baby cormorants at Elmendorf in 2019. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Mm-hmm. A lot of those birds died. So yeah, there has a, been a few dozen birds. likely. I think yeah. if I remember correctly, there was a, a wildlife rescue and rehabilitation took in over 50 juvenile yeah. birds uh, when they destroyed uh, Bird Island's uh, habitat, the rookery there. And what wildlife rescue told me at the time was that most of the birds they took in died. Right, they died because yeah. they need their parent to take care of. So yeah. you can't. Bill Pinnell cannot say, rightfully say that that no birds were killed because there yeah. were birds. And then same at Brackenridge, you know, somebody in our city mm-hmm. is was involved in that destruction to those mm-hmm. nests. Mm-hmm. And our parks and recreation are the ones who hired or initiated mm-hmm. the hire of the hiring of the USDA Wildlife Services mm-hmm. to come into our parks without public knowledge mm-hmm. without council approval they bypass mm-hmm. the city council mm-hmm. and guess what the USDA kills wildlife so mm-hmm. we can expect them to be doing that in our mm-hmm. parks in the next the birds arrive at yeah. first week of April so yeah, we need the public add. to monitor to document to call and complain to their city council call the news media Mm-hmm. This needs to come out because it is wrong. It is mm-hmm. wrong for our parks and recreation to think that hiring an agency that kills wildlife is, is acceptable in a city mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we're supposed to be bird city, Texas. We're supposed to be conservate tree conservation, mm-hmm. monarch champion. And, uh, and fought for a long time to to to, uh, to be a, a no kill shelter. Right? It's been a long campaign for for dogs and cats, right? And along the same way, so. I, I would imagine a large part of the public would want to be um, operate as a no-kill <laughs> park system uh, as well. So yeah, I did want to ask you if, pe- if folks want to. So I, I will say that. So both uh, you know Maria Bravo and Jalen McKee Mc- Rodriguez um, stepped in, in 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 a good way uh, on the tree issue and got that you know paused and and, and put onto a slower channel of community meetings uh, uh, on behalf of these. It's 104 native trees about 20 non-native uh, or dec- declining trees uh, that are on that uh, request um, but nobody stepped in on the birds yet have you heard from either of their offices uh, related to this 
No, no, I, I know it's a sensitive issue because, you know, people like, oh, we don't like the bird poop, but the bird poop disappears, mm-hmm. you know, the birds leave, they, mm-hmm. they are migratory, they leave. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we have four braggarins that need conservation, we should be looking at mm-hmm. how can we help them? How can mm-hmm. we help keep them from becoming threatened or endangered? Mm-hmm. Not, oh, we got to get them out. We don't care where they go, destroy mm-hmm. their nest, kill them if we have to, mm-hmm. because we don't like their poop. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's another misinformation thing that Danelle mm-hmm. always says. Well, the, the birds, according to the Texas Historic, what is it, T, Texas State Historical Association, mm-hmm. you can look up cattle egrets and it says mm-hmm. they have been found not to be or have diseases that are detrimental to humans or uh, native mm-hmm. herons or egrets. It's on mm-hmm. their website. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, misinformation that, you know, they have diseases. Mm-hmm. We all have diseases. Dog mm-hmm. poop has two million. A gram of dog poop has two million coliform bacteria, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. humans. We have, you know, bacteria also. But, you know, let's share the fact. Yeah, I'd say, all. you know, elephants do a lot of damage in their watering holes. Right. I mean, that's yeah. I, I think what an amazing opportunity to have a living rookery in a city park. I mean, my my uh, advice and my my recommendation, to anybody would listen to it is close that, you know, move that playground equipment. You've got a big park there. Just pick it up put it on another pad somewhere somewhere else, invite the witty and the zoo to come in and, and design interpretive signage to explain what a living rookery is and where these birds fly, just the, just the same way you would in, in either one of those institutions. Uh, and let's be partners, global and trans-hemispheric partners and allow, you know, to celebrate these birds when they come and wish them good, you know, uh, uh, you know, bon voyage when they go and happy returns. Yeah. Um, well, you know, part of, uh, of uh, bird city texas is they the city is involved in world migratory bird day mm-hmm. and i have worked with them for the they're in my last three books mm-hmm. and world migratory bird day celebrates migratory birds that come between different you say hemispheres different countries mm-hmm. you know our farthest the furthest they come to san antonio from is south america mm-hmm you know, Mexico, Central, and South America. And so we're sharing these birds with other countries and people Mm -hmm. don't know that. Mm -hmm. And maybe they would understand better if they knew that the hardships that these birds face. Mm -hmm. They're facing destruction of habitat globally. Mm -hmm. We're in the sixth mass extinction of biodiversity because of actions by humans. Mm -hmm. Yes, We are destroying everything. And and it needs to come to a point where we need to stop. Mm -hmm. Let's research, let's reevaluate Let's look at the bigger picture. How can we help these birds live mm-hmm. so that they're here around 20, 30 years from now? Mm-hmm. You know, allowing the USDA to go around destroying nests with viable eggs and killing adults, that mm-hmm. brings their numbers down. That affects their future because you've killed their offspring. And their mm-hmm. offspring is what um, mm-hmm. ensures they have a future. Yep. Unless we start taking care of what we have, including the trees, we need trees for oxygen. Mm-hmm. taking care of our wildlife, our city in a more compassionate, um, open-minded uh, view, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to go on a downward spiral. Our mm-hmm. city uh, air quality is now at moderate non-attainment. Mm-hmm. Take out more trees and our air quality gets even worse. Mm-hmm. So we need the trees, but we also need to be compassionate to nature. Nature mm-hmm. has as much right to be in a city park as we do. Mm-hmm. And it's time to look at it from a different view cool change your lens <laughs> yeah all right well thank you for your time uh and thank you for all your, your work that you've been doing all right thanks all right. Okay, bye. bye 
So the reminder there, the call to action, the opportunity for volunteers uh, is um, Friends of Migratory Birds in San Antonio on Facebook, uh, Alicia Garlock, um, looking for uh, witnesses, right? People to come into the park to you know bring your phone, bring your camera, document what you see. Uh, usually, uh, you know, and coming up into um, early. April, we're going to see, uh, you know, the birds coming back in big numbers and uh, we need to make decisions and we need to collectively have a conversation if we support uh, this kind of violence against the species that we are here to share the land with. And, and um, so anyway, a, a lot of gratitude and appreciation for Alicia, for everybody who's been involved with this. So there's a, a lot of comments uh, on the chat. I was bringing them into the screen, trying to keep up with everything. There's a lot just dropped in there in the middle of our little um, uh, plug, whatever you call it. Um, but uh, uh, check out the comments. It looks like face, uh, the, our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com uh, backslash deceleration. Uh, if you're finding this elsewhere, most of the comments are, are there. There's a lot of good information about some, some work coming up and how to engage. So uh, before we bring in uh, uh, Daniel um, Armstrong for a conversation, we had trouble with our tech, but, and, um, and so we connected on Zoom, and then it's, it's just a shot of him on, on his phone, and, and the audio could be better, but we're going to keep working at this. Um, but I did uh, obligatory uh, disclaimer from, from the zoo. We talked about that earlier, saying no birds have been harmed or killed. Um, it's being disputed by those who've been documenting on the ground uh, uh, for sure. So um, let me let me move it over, move it over to uh, Daniel Armstrong. I mean, so I'm being kicked out of the zoo, right? You're you're making me leave. You're making me leave the zoo because I'm asking questions about what happened to the egrets who destroyed their nest. It's in violation of the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. I would like a refund on my membership at the very least. I'm being thrown out of the zoo because I asked them why they're destroying nests in the tree. I knew Alicia through being in the park and, you know, I would spend a lot of time at the Witty or in Brackenridge Park and Josh Pavilion uses my studio working on things or uh, at the Witty and, um, like describe your studio so that you're, you're, you're a local artist. What kind of the world is my studio? I mean, I kind of yeah. I came up with that concept whenever I was just drawing random buildings and stuff because I had a studio like a ceramic studio for a while, but it was like a big pain in the ass. And like um, it was just a lot of equipment and stuff. And then once I moved out of there, I just put all that stuff in my mom's garage and I just started like drawing out in the street and or I was at the zoo and then I did a commission doing some architecture. So I got into architecture. So I would just go anywhere in the city. I was just like bring my long lawn chair and uh, draw whatever I found interesting or whatever struck me. And um, so that's kind of how I ended up in the park. And that's how I met Alicia one day. Um, Cause I was taking pictures of, I wanted to make an art piece about this was, I don't know, a couple years ago about the birds. Cause I would go and see all those birds and stuff. And um, it was like sad. And then, uh, so I wanted to capture some of that. Like reality. So what do you mean? When you, when it you almost say looked like, when you say it was sad, what, what, what were you beginning to see when you were meeting with Alicia? Well, uh, so I just kind of like was interested in it, like that raw nature of it, like and seeing all those like baby birds on the bottom, you know, on the ground that had fallen out of their nest. And it was almost like seeing like a war photography, like Matthew Brady Civil War photos or mm -hmm. something. 
And um, I met Alicia. She was like, hey, you're a tall man. Can you help me get this uh, bird out of the gutter on the Brackenridge Park Conservancy? So uh, I helped her do that. And then she explained like why there are so many birds there because they destroyed their habitat at Woodlawn Lake and stuff. And she'd explained that she'd been fighting that. And um, she gave me a book, one of her books, and uh, I hit it off with her. I really liked her. And um, I learned about, I didn't really know like the individual birds that much. I liked uh, animals a lot, but I, I, I wasn't into birds yet at that point. And I learned a lot from her and about the city. And she made me aware of like how their policies are. I already knew at the zoo from drawing at the zoo that, uh, you know, a lot of the zookeepers just had this like really bad attitude. They did not like the birds. They, you know, didn't want to have to power wash their shit off the ground. Mm -hmm. and uh especially like even tim morrow i never talked to him like he mm -hmm. wouldn't talk to me he was like above me so um but i just always got the sense like he would always look pissed off when he was like walking through the area around the well and the bird cages and he'd be like you know you could just get that definite vibe that i was like this guy doesn't like the birds and i would see him there all the time so, so when you got involved so i'm uh, just trying to understand like historically okay. like a lot of people got involved in there in the park there was a lot of organizing around for, to protect the trees uh -huh. but you were already kind of rooted in uh, understanding the concerns around the birds and yes. having seen yeah. them kind of uh harassed uh -huh. and abused around yeah. the park is that right for sure and okay. um and when they had the plan of cutting down the trees, it just seemed really obvious, like, oh, wow, the zoo has their name written all over it. This is a plot to get rid of the birds, even though they're saying, oh, it's not about the birds. Bill Pinnell's saying it's not about the birds. The guys in the HGRC meeting with the city saying it's not about the birds, but like, that's a lie. It's completely about the birds. Mm -hmm. And they hate the birds and they want to see them gone. And we'll get to all the other stuff later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the way the way I've come to understand this project is you have Definitely, there is an existing since at least 2018, mm -hmm. 19 with Elmendorf Lake, an existing policy and developing campaigns I mean, to for move me, the birds outside mm -hmm. of city parks. And then that's just become more apparent in Brackenridge. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, this project with the trees and the restoration that can stand on its own, but it's been in, it's been tied around with this other campaign documented in emails, documented in uh -huh. their their own their own uh, project description language. So okay. it's really hard at this point to pull it apart, but they just don't want to talk about it. Uh -huh. Well, um, I mean, I would say going back to like 2013, when I started drawing at the mm -hmm. zoo, like they mm -hmm. did not want those birds there. Mm -hmm. And I, someone else sent me a link on Reddit or something about that. Mm -hmm. The zoo had a like a kill permit as far mm -hmm. as 2014 or something. I had mm -hmm. I didn't know that till just the other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, I know the city's permit. I, I would not surprise mm. me that the zoo would have one. Uh, I know that the city's permit allows lethal take of four different species. So, But I also wonder um, if the zoo's permit is still good and mm -hmm. if they're using, I think it's critical to like think about if they're using the city's permit, because they're saying it's not about the birds, but mm -hmm. if they're using the city's USDA permit mm -hmm. to exterminate birds that are inside mm -hmm. the zoo in trees that have jack shit to do with the bond project mm -hmm. and how can it not be about the birds mm -hmm. like come on yeah and that could be i mean we don't know at this point whether they could they very well may have and, and likely have their own a, a separate permit mm -hmm. um but yeah uh, unknown but so it's also the same girl from the usda is yeah no exactly exactly birds. exactly Every um, night. and so tell me walk me through and i, I will we'll mm -hmm. replay some of your video that you shared shared with us and oh, yeah, you posted sure, elsewhere please. about being okay. escorted out of the uh -huh. zoo 
Okay. Um, but so you 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 you've been in. You've been. You said you had an annual pass when they were escorting Many you times, out. Yeah, over yeah. and over. And, uh, mm -hmm. and so they they're escorting you out. What you you asked somebody about the birds? You were a photographer. You were. I went up to a. Yeah. yeah, I was. We had been taking photos on three separate days because we wanted to document the nest. Alicia and I. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it was. I want to say Monday or Tuesday, and then Thursday, and then Saturday. And I think on Thursday, um, Alicia's got the better zoom lens, so she's got the better pictures. But I think it was on Thursday, we counted like 40 to 44 nests. And I think 10 of them had birds on it. But then when you zoom in on the pictures, there's like at least a couple dead birds that are just like their necks are hanging over the side of the neck. Like it's not a live bird. Like it doesn't look alive. And, um, and then Saturday when I went in there, I was just going to go take pictures, but I was super hyped up from the March. I don't know if you've seen that March video, but it was like really powerful and inspiring. Mm -hmm. And so I went in the zoo and I, I, I was just like kind of shooting my mouth off as I tend to do. And so there was like a couple girls at the front and I was like, you know, I wonder what they know versus what the zookeepers know. And so I mentioned it to them and maybe because they were like young, they're like this creepy guy is like asking us questions. They, they told the security guards or the security guard told me that they said, that I was like videotaping them, which wasn't true. Like I had my camera there. I don't remember if I had the lens cap on it or not. Uh, but um, I, I was never videotaping them. And then so I went straight to the birds and I just took some pictures and I was like disgusted because there was, I think one bird nest in the tree. And I mean, Mike, I don't have such a good zoom lens, but when you zoom on on it, it does look like a dead bird. So it was like just the horrible feeling that they'd exterminated all the birds and I was pissed. So I, I just walked up to the zookeeper and I straight up asked her, I wasn't even videotaping at that point. I didn't start videotaping until security came. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked her, hey, what happened to the birds? And she told me something like, oh, all egrets are invasive. And I don't know if that's true, but I, as far as I know, it's cattle egrets are invasive. And I don't think great egrets are, maybe they're not, but I still like the birds and I don't wanna be, be exterminated inside the zoo. And then, so I was like, oh, okay. So think then security started coming up and um so i was like oh well what about these cranes because they have three cranes they had one by the whooping crane one by the carousel and then one kind of over more by the cafe and the fence and they're those blue genie grains i think they have one in the back and they're like employee parking lot too and uh because it's like oh yeah those the, the birds didn't commit suicide and uh destroy their nest like they came in with those cranes it was so obvious and she said oh we're taking down the zoo lights and i i don't i didn't see any zoo lights there might be oh, so you're talking about mechanical cranes not cranes the birds okay, oh yeah I'm, i know I'm sorry boom lifts i need yeah. to call them uh -huh. boom lifts i keep boom calling lift. them cranes uh -huh. and, uh, yeah those blue genie boom lifts yeah and so at that point that yeah mm -hmm. they got they got uh yeah and I have a picture on my Instagram, I photographed because mm -hmm. I thought they were going to start because we were photographing them cutting down all the cypress trees. And mm -hmm. then one day I got to the park and I just pulled my car in and I popped out my tripod and put, set it up as they had the crane up in the like the very top of the tree. And um, which now I'm thinking about, I know why I was in the top of the tree because they didn't do anything. And I was confused by, oh, why aren't they, they didn't have like clippers or anything or like mm -hmm. chainsaws. Mm -hmm. They were just going up to the top of the tree to see if they could get there. So I snapped a photo of them. And then uh, the girl I call Laser Girl who works for the USDA, she got on her phone and called, you know, Bill Pinnell. I know he was in the Brackenridge Park Conservancy. So I think she called him and they shut it down. They put the crane down and they drove it off. And I just followed him up to the parking lot. And me and Alicia took pictures of him. And I got in an argument with the, with the security guard. I think it might've been the girl who threw me out of the zoo. And, um, and so I started screaming at her and then I, I calmed down and walked away and stuff. And, um, 
but I have that picture. And so I think they were just doing like an exercise in training because maybe it's the first time they've taken all the nests down instead of just cutting down the trees. So this is happening. I, I, I got confused. You were inside the zoo, but this is a separate no, incident you're describing? This is a separate incident okay. outside the zoo, okay. right across the river from the bond project. Oh, okay. Pretty much the area where we, where we were protesting mm -hmm. until we just got uncomfortable because cops are watching us 24 seven and just looking mm -hmm. for me to say something mm -hmm. or like speak loud yeah. and then, you know. So yeah so let me just finish up this, yeah. this narrative okay, within the zoo they ask mm -hmm. you to leave because you're, you're you're taking photographs you're asking questions of, of staff right right yeah. well okay. yeah i was just asking about it and um and she was like telling me lies like oh mm -hmm. they're for the zoo lights and then mm -hmm. when she said that i said oh so what happened to all the birds in the nest and she mm -hmm. says um she says um you'd have to ask the usda about that so she's okay. basically acknowledging that yeah they That's took helpful. down all, you know, it's just like, oh, pointing your finger over there. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there was one more question after that. Uh, I don't know. There was something else she said. It's in the video. We can mm -hmm. watch it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. And and so what's happened since since then? Because it's it's been interesting that the conversation about the zoo mm -hmm. kind of just popped up for a lot of people based upon this, you know, your all observations. You're in the park, mm -hmm. watching the trees, monitoring the the, the bird harassment. Uh, and you notice that, that it's happening on the other side of the fence too at the zoo. So all of a sudden mm -hmm. the zoo kind of is, is pulled in into the narrative. Um, I think and, they are, are the architects yeah. of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, th you think that the, the, the origin of trying mm -hmm. to drive the birds out of Brackenridge begins with the zoo? A hundred percent. Okay. Okay. And that's based upon kind of conversations you've had with with staff on with zookeepers, man. I was friendly yeah. with the zookeepers. They used to let me in the conservation lab, and I would just mm -hmm. be alone, and I would draw the horny toads all day. Like yeah. they would just leave me in there. Yeah, and I have other things to say about that too. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, what they what would they say to you then? Um, I mean, I guess it was just, I can't think of anything specifically, but I would ask them about the birds because I was interested in them and I would, you know, sit out there and draw and it was hot and it smelled like shit and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I don't want to exterminate the birds because of that. But mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's all about just selling more tickets because people will mm -hmm. be turned off by some actual nature and mm -hmm. uh, native wildlife. And uh, the, as far as the conservation there goes, I mean, just look at what they're doing inside the zoo. If they really cared about conservation, they wouldn't be doing it. It's just a fucking PR. It's good PR. Oh, look what we do. You know, I would like to, I would love to see the data of all their like finances and stuff and how much actually goes to conservation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, wow, you hatch some horny toad eggs in a steel building. Big deal. Like, and you drive to Dallas. I don't know. Maybe they do more. But as far as I know, they did that. And then they had blind salamanders and they were taking blind salamanders or yeah blind salamanders from like mm -hmm. the san marcus river in aquarina springs and they were putting them in like a fucking big metal or whatever some kind of aquarium thing with a you know a heater and they were cannibalizing each other or they would just die they're not going to mate like i just you know maybe i'm not a blind salamander expert mm -hmm. but they live in a very specific environment and they have they're very highly evolved adapted species I think to live in this environment mm -hmm. and i just can't imagine they're going to just you know reproduce like crazy in an aquarium when they're already so rare come on mm -hmm. well yeah i think that's a another area and probably there's there's data available for folks who who want that i mean there's one mm -hmm. thing i think the 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 bird issue is like you know definitely real their conservation work i think is also probably something that's quantifiable and, and, and measurable for okay. folks who want to find out about that um okay. but but i'm wondering how like how your relationship 
with this project has changed based upon, yeah, your experience with the zoo and being thrown out of the zoo? Oh, being thrown. I mean, I was already kind of like not a fan of the zoo at that point. Mm -hmm. Like I really just started going to the witty. I'd rather draw the taxidermy than the animals. Cause like I, from the very beginning, like I want to draw the mammals. Cause like, it just made me sad. Like I felt too much of a kinship with them mm -hmm. and I would draw the crocodiles, but even looking at the crocodiles now, like they have a gharial and like, I don't know what happened to it. I've never mm -hmm. got to ask that question. Maybe they would have thrown me out of the zoo, but mm -hmm. it's like, if they have a long snout, they're specialized for eating fish. I think they like mm -hmm. merged off of other crocodiles and like the Jurassic, like they're very different than all other crocodiles. And, um, it's like half of its face is like sawed off. I've seen those. I remember when they were three feet long when I was a kid mm -hmm. and like half of it's, it's, that's its fucking sex appeal. It's mojo is that mm -hmm. jar. It's a jar. Cause that's the Indian word for jar, a jarial or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it, that really bumped me out the last time I went there. And it's like, they've been in that same aquarium or whatever in the well. And it's like a big U shaped thing of water. It's very narrow. Mm -hmm. Like it's not deep. It's like, a foot and a half deep and i don't know it's just ugh. i don't mm -hmm. even remember where i was going with this sorry what was mm -hmm. the question That's okay well yeah i'm just wondering how uh how your work uh since being thrown out of the zoo and since observing mm -hmm. the nest being cut out of the trees and you know photographing i know you photographed some of the, the eggshells there on the ground yeah. you know that's some the of the dead birds and some of the best evidence uh that that folks have seen mm -hmm. and, and you said there's other photos of, of dead birds or yeah there's dead birds and then there's also like all the photos are dated and it's like oh there was yeah. this many nests on this day and then mm -hmm. there's no nests mm -hmm. on uh um uh saturday when or whatever day it was when they kicked me out so yeah how, how, how do you go? talk to folks now when you're in brackenridge park or when you're you know within that I'm area everywhere we'll kinda, i did a, like a paul yeah. revere style town crier bike rides for mm -hmm. six hours or something the other day mm -hmm. and i'm just like you know basically screaming like san antonio zoo is killing our water birds they're shooting mm -hmm. them down out of the trees that's what they're doing mm -hmm. inside the zoo at night and mm -hmm. they're having the USDA do it. They're shooting them down in the birds and they're telling everyone that they're relocating them. I, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. so, I mean, it's, it's it, the more uh, I get like invested in this issue and the more I find out, like I just get more intense. Like yeah. in some ways I feel like it's been really good for me because like, mm -hmm. I feel like so alive, like my mind is racing. Like I go mm -hmm. to bed and that's the only time like my brain shuts the fuck up. And mm -hmm. it is, I don't know, man. Um, I'm very passionate about it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just, I want to tell everyone that it is about the birds. Mm -hmm. I know. And, when, uh, and I, I, I'll take my time to explain yeah. it in detail to like anyone who's interested in listening to. So folks see you in the park, it's okay to stop you and say, Hey, tell me what you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, okay. I have the sign, so that draws them in stop the job. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. so then people who are interested and a lot of them are man, like yeah. overwhelmingly, like people don't want to see the trees get cut down and have right. Jamal Moreno's butt ugly, like splash town. See, it looks like sea world mm -hmm. to me, which mm -hmm. is also has Tim Morrow's fucking fingers all Those over plaza it. drawings and everything. Yeah. It looks like mm -hmm. sea world and Tim Morrow is yeah. the former CEO of sea world. He went from mm -hmm. there to the zoo. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You described kind of like the, the feeling of, of being, engaging on this uh, vocally and, and, and publicly, mm -hmm. the, the feeling that's given you of, of kind of like, uh, you know, feeling an, an alive or an alignment. I think you described, you said being alive. It reminds me a little bit of, you know, Diane Wilson down on the coast. Uh, I interviewed her years ago, 15 years ago, maybe. And she talked about, uh, you know, the first time she locked herself down uh, to- I don't a, know who she is. Yeah, she's I'm an activist down her. there. And she just said the first uh, time she locked herself to equipment down there, 
is the uh -huh. time that she felt like she was really in, she was doing the right thing. Like she felt awesome. in alignment. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, I, I yeah, totally identify with that. Anyway, I just want to appreciate everybody who took the time to talk with me about any of this stuff. And uh, for folks who came in uh, to, to watch, to share comments, to learn from each other, that's what it's all about. I'm going to do uh, just uh, fade out music and, uh, and, and shut this down. Uh, thanks, everybody, and uh, see you soon in the park, I'm sure.